Hello world, it's another edition of The Last Dan. This is a special edition, debate style. I'm here with my buddy Ephraim Milton out in Colorado, Malhas, you know, enjoying Russell Wilson's presence coming in town. How you doing, man? Good, all right, man. I'm thinking about switching my leagues to football teams, American football teams. <laughs> Russell Wilson out here, what? Hey, man, man you got to check it out, man. How far do you stay from my house stadium? Uh, you can say about 15, 20 minutes away. It's, oh. it's look, it's right on the highway, man. You go down I-25, going south from where I am, at least. And, yeah, yeah it's right there on the uh, highway. Oh, it's, uh, all all these sports teams are in the city, man. It's real cool. Oh, that's yeah. dope. Yeah, and yeah, all saw, four of them. All big and I saw, I saw something that um said that Russell Wilson, I believe, in 2010 was also drafted by the Colorado Rockies. So maybe he'll pull a Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, and try to play two sports in one year. Who knows? <laughs> no, nah, I think it's I think that time passed. Man. Oh, yeah. You know, Kyle Murray, I don't know if he, I don't even know if he's going to be able to do it. So, yeah, nah. <laughs> even if he pondered the thought, Sierra isn't having it, so. No, thank you. Nah. Nah, I was actually surprised that he got sent here, but, you know, we'll, we could we could discuss that one another day, too. But, yeah, man, that that's a very big deal, obviously, for, for Colorado. They've done it twice. They got Peyton Manning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> off a of free agency that was different a little different but they but they got another big quarterback now so this will be an, a very interesting football year we'll see how the nfl looks this year yeah man and the irony is that in the super bowl that russell wilson won they smoked the broncos so hey Oof. now he's coming to try to bring them a ring so we'll see how it goes yeah ain't that something yeah i, I bet you i bet you these denver fans will open will welcome with open arms their quarterback struggles have been very well uh, documented, just like, a, you know, quite a few teams in NFL. But, you know, they, they've been wanting to get one, too. So they, they got one again, albeit they didn't draft one, which I know they want to do something like that. But, hey, I guess they'll, they'll take it. I know they will. For sure. And I saw a statistic on uh, ESPN earlier that said since 2016, Denver and Washington have the most starting quarterbacks with 11. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Washington. We can, that's a whole, yeah, we ain't even going to get started. Yeah, we're not going to worry about those busters <laughs> right now. Well, let's talk about the other football, the beautiful. Yeah. Because this is a debate that started when Ephraim put in our group chat with his cousin, my buddy Anthony, shout out Anthony. Shout out. That um, Harry Kane, I believe, surpassed Thierry Henry in career Premier League goals, correct? I think so. And I stated that Thierry Daniel Henry is the greatest Premier League player of all time, and it's not even close. <laughs> and then this gentleman had the audacity to say, maybe top three. And I'm like, what? And then I then I asked, who is who do you think is the GOAT? And he said, Wayne Rooney. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'll be the first to admit I'm gonna eat crow on this one because yes, I will say that Thierry Henry is definitely, I mean, excuse me, Wayne Rooney is definitely not the best Premier League player of all time. I will say I'm gonna get definitely give Thierry Henry top three for sure. There's no doubt about it. 
top three all day long. He is or was phenomenal in the Premier League for Arsenal. So, um, but to say not even close, though, I don't know about that, brother. Hey, it's not close. I judge athletes, musicians, all forms of creativity, art, whatever, entertainment. I judge it more off peak performance because there's a lot of people who are good at for a long time, but they're never the best. They just lasted a long time because, hey, they were blessed by the injury gods or they never wanted to challenge themselves by leaving to go to a bigger team or uh, in another country. I always judge people by peak performance. So that's my perspective when it comes to evaluating greatness. How would you say your evaluation process is? I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me because I look at, I, I also, I tend to look at overall like team performance, right? Yeah, granted, there's going to be certain players and certain people that get more glory than not. You know, you look at American football and obviously quarterbacks are always going to get the glory because of the position they play and how important that position is to that game. Um, you know, in, in international football, it's a little, you know, it's, it's, there can be so many different pieces that can be so vital to how that game is played. And, and I, you know, it's easy to, to and sometimes to give strikers and, and forward players that glory. I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, so I, I just look at overall like team performance, like, you know, looking at Barcelona and their prime, you know, that, that's, you know, how I look at when players are in their prime, I guess you could say, you know, looking at Iniesta and, and uh, Xavi and, you know, and Messi and all them, and Messi stayed in his, seemed like he stayed in his prime for a long time. Um, but I'm, I'm, I look at it that way. And looking at Manchester City right now, looking at all those, all those players, they are, to me, in their prime, you know, all, all of them for the most part. You know, and I get it, you know, Phil Foden, somebody like him is really young still, still has a long way to go. But look at what he's doing, though. He's, he's playing phenomenal football. Look at what he did to Manchester United, and he didn't even score. But he still stood out. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, things like that. I look at I look at that team success is how I look at it. All right, that's cool. So who do you want to start off debate? Do you want you to go first or me? I think you should, sir, because you're the one that uh, made the claim. So I think you should go first, sir. All right, no problem. Exhibit A. <laughs> my exhibit a is your uncle darth vader alex ferguson <laughs> stated in his book in 2015 i only ever coached four world-class players ryan giggs cristiano ronaldo eric cantona paul Scholes. his own manager doesn't rate him as world-class let alone top four so if you weren't even to sir alex ferguson's eyes a top four player in his history of coaching manchester united how are you a top four player even in premier league history let's move on gary neville one of his former teammates put together an all-time team his starting strikers thierry henry Alan Shearer, Roy King, 
put together an all-time Premier League team. His strikers, Alan Shear, Roy King. I mean, sorry, Alan Shear, Thierry Henry. The Premier League itself created its own Hall of Fame. The first two inductees, Thierry Henry, Alan Shear. ESPN, when uh, the Premier League talked about their Hall of Fame, they said who would, they would select as their first five inductees. The people they mentioned, Thierry Henry, Alan Shear, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Steven Gerrard. The Premier League had a 20th anniversary team to signify the greatest players in the league's history. Starting strikers, Alan Shear, Thierry Henry. Nobody has Wayne Rooney on that level except you. So the floor is yours, brother. So, like I said before we started, sir, I will admit that maybe more of my emotion and bias to Manchester United uh, probably took uh, me in that direction to, to say something along the lines of Wayne Rooney being the penultimate, not the penultimate, but you know, the best player <laughs> ever in Premier League history. That's not true. He's not. Blasphemy. It is. I give you that. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Um, one thing I will say in his defense, though, is I think he will go down as one of the more underrated to be to be where he is at a level he was to, to do what he did and score as many goals as he did for the club that he was with. Um, I think he'll go down because even Manchester United fans got a little over him quickly, which I thought was interesting as well. So I'll say that. Um, but yeah, he's definitely not. No, there's no doubt about it. But I will say there are a couple players, and yeah, there may be some biases in this as well. But there are a couple players that for Manchester United that I will say could stand out as being comparable, if not a tad bit better than Thierry Henry. And you mentioned them in a couple of your lists, and one of them was was uh, Ryan Giggs. And look. And I, I, you know, we can say a longevity could 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 play a role in Ryan this. Ryan well. Giggs, he, go he ahead. Played, huh? <laughs> I mean, he played he played a good little minute for Manchester United. Obviously, if if anybody knows the uh, the uh, history of of uh, at least the recent history of Manchester United, so um, you know, regarded as one of their best players ever. Uh, you know, he's definitely you know he's done it all. You know, won Premier League titles. Um couple Champions League titles, you know, um, definitely, you know, some FA Cups, League Cups. So he's done it all there, definitely. Um, and so it, it, I could say in a way that somebody like him, himself and what a lot of people have said is one of the best midfielders in the history of, of, of modern football, at least, is Paul Scholes. And there's been a couple people that have said that, that they think he's probably one of the best midfielders ever. And there's people from different countries that have been quoted on saying that he's uh, uh, one of the best he's that they've ever seen. Um, so there's a couple that I could say 
that might give Thierry Henry a little run for his money. Um, yeah, Thierry Henry was definitely, you know, a phenomenal player. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, he's definitely my top three. And I'm putting those other two up there with me. So I got those two. And I, I guess you could say A, B, and C. One A, B, and C, I don't know. It's crazy, you know. So Thierry Henry is definitely up there, though. I, I will concede that. Um, he he did a wonderful job in, what, nine seasons, I think, with Arsenal? Yep. And, you know, the only knock would be, what, they didn't win the Champions League with him? Yeah, we want, we you know, we went to the final in 06, lost to mm-hmm. Barca. It is what it is. Yeah. But y'all, was, you know, you did your thing with the FA Cup because what Arsenal has, uh, you know, especially under, uh, I think under uh, Arsene Wenger, that you guys did a really good job with uh, winning FA Cups. Because um, y'all have the, the uh, y'all have the lead, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we have 14, which is the most. Yeah, and I think we're right behind you. Yeah. I'm mistaken. So, um, but no, I, I look, I'm going to give you this one this time, brother. And I'm, I'm going to give it to you. You know, it's going to be an easy one to win. You got this one, bro. Because Tiara Henry is definitely better than, than Wayne Rooney. Like I said, I was more speaking on my, in, you know, my, my gut, my, my heart, my, I don't know what you want to call it. I was a little, in my emotions, I guess you could say. Yeah, man. After you guys got body rocked by Man City, I know you haven't been in the right place recently. So I'm just hoping that you recover from that loss, brother. Hey, man, can we talk about that real quick? Is that okay with you? <laughs> oh, no. Nah. We going to talk about that at the end, man. I still got a cookie, man. Because you're saying Paul Skulls and Ryan Giggs, longevity dons, who were never considered <laughs> the best players in the league just because they were on good teams. Let's break this down and why I say Thierry Henry is by far the best Premier League player in the Premier League's history. And I'm still going to cook Wayne Rooney because I can't believe you said that. (laughs) So Thierry Henry, the only person to lead the Premier League in goals four times. Two of them, he won the European Golden Shoe, which means you led all of Europe in goals, not just England. He led the league in assists once. That season, he led the league in assists. He also scored 20-plus goals. He is the only player in Premier League history to have 20 goals and 20 assists in the same season. He wasn't just a scorer. He was an all-around attacker. He created for others just as well as he passed. Let's look at other all-time forwards and compare. Alan Shear led the league in goals three times. Harry Kane led the league in goals three times and led the league in assists once, which was last season when he led the PL in goals and assists. Drogba led the league in goals twice and assists once. Salah led the league in goals twice. It looks like he's going to win number three. And right now, he's also behind his teammate, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and the assist list 12 to 11. So he has a chance to lead the league in that. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, you're talking about underrated. He's one of the most underrated players in Premier League history. He led the league in goals twice and assists once. Michael Owen, flash of a pan, if you will, that, hey, he had a phenomenal start, but he didn't have the longevity. He even led the league in goals twice. 
my brother RVP, who Ferguson had to get to win his last Premier League title because Wayne Rooney wasn't enough, led the league in Premier League, led the Premier League in goals twice and assists once. And your OG, Andy Cole, led the league in uh, goals and assists once in the 93-94 season with Newcastle. Wayne Rooney only led the league in assists once, 2007, and he shared it with a 19-year-old Cesc Fabregas. So even at his peak, he was only as good as a teenage Cesc Fabregas. The floor is yours again, brother. Uh, I, like the, I like that shot you gave Wayne Rooney when you mentioned uh, Van Persie coming to United. That was really, that was really you know. The truth. Underhanded and smart of you. Very, very, very good of you, sir. Um, like I said, man, look, I'm, I'm giving it to you, brother, on 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 Thierry Henry over Wayne Rooney. I'm gonna give that to you, man. You know, I I like I said, I'll admit my my uh bias got in the way of that one. I should have just started with somebody like Ryan Giggs or uh Paul Scholes from the from the jump, but I think the the goal total thing kind of, you know, took control of that as well. Like thinking better goal score or more, you know, more goal scored or something like that. So, but yeah, I give you that, man. You you got you got Terry on real and and you know, like I said, I'll I'm, I'll wax poetic about Terry Henry as well. Like I said, he's definitely in my top three, no doubt about it. Top three, easy. Number one by far, and I'm gonna keep showing you why because <laughs> you're being disrespectful. That's what I'm saying. That's the oh problem. That's the I problem think, because on, I, quick, I am an Arsenal fan, but I'm not biased. I'm objective. Damn, and Damn. the numbers, the numbers, the facts are by far. It's not even close. And Damn. I'm gonna teach you. Now keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Spit your facts, sir. I'll 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 shut my mouth for a second. The difference between your committee boys, skulls, gigs, they could not carry a team. They were never the focal point of an offense. They were never looked as the men or the men to save a team, to lead a team. Alex Ferguson said it himself. Arsenal were a very good team, but they became a threat when they signed Thierry Henry. He changed everything. Thierry Henry, the best player on a team to win the Premier League title undefeated. Your brother, Alex Ferguson, said, all the trophies I've ever won doesn't amount to that accomplishment. Thierry Henry, when he joined Arsenal in 1999, was a winger fresh off the World Cup. He was never a striker. He had to learn in the middle of his career a new position and revolutionize the game in the Premier League. Like I said, we never saw someone his height at 6'2", with his pace, with his technical ability, with his skill to create for others, with his dribbling ability, with the way that he was a number nine, but he would float to the left wing, bring others in, uh, allowed to play side with Robert Perez and Ashley Cole to make one of the most lethal left-sided attacks of all time. He was the fulcrum, he was the engine. None of those guys ever could do what he did, and they were never asked to because they were never skilled enough to do it. That's why Thierry Daniel Henry is by far the best Premier League player ever, because he did things 
we've never seen in a limited time. He played seven seasons and then alone in 2012. And he's still fourth in hat tricks. He's still like, look at even the accomplishment Harry Kane just had. He did it in more games. He had to play more games to do it. That is why I say I prefer peak performance. Yeah, hey, your boys, Ryan Giggs, Skulls, they're like John Stockton's. They were very good. And for a long time, they were there. But they were never the face of a league. They were even Terry Daniel Henry. We know he was cheated out of a Ballon d'Or too. From 2002 to 2004, I will hold that he was the best player in the world, not just the Premier League. That's why I feel that it's disrespectful because no one ever said Ryan Giggs was the best player in the world. No one ever said Paul Scholes was the best player in the world. You can even look at FIFA Player of the Year votes, Ballon d'Or votes. They were never considered that. Even someone like David Beckham at his peak was considered better than them. And David Beckham led the league in assists three times. He showed he was phenomenal by his impact and influence. Those other guys were great. They were versatile. They played a long time. But peak, nobody is seeing Thierry Daniel Henry. Hello? Yeah, stop it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, look, like I said, I give you, I give you him over Wayne Rooney. I, I'm, I'm still gonna hold that. You know, somebody like Ryan Giggs or Paul Scholes were very integral in in a 13 win, 13 Premier League win uh, run for Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, you know, so I mean, how many times did they win Player of the Year if they were so integral? Hey, I give you that. I give you that. But that's my point. Yeah. If you're saying that these guys, like you said, you guys won 13 league titles, that means you dominated a league. And Thierry Daniel Henry still won more Premier League Player of the Years, more pro football writers. The writers said it, and the pro players, his own peers, they voted him as the best more than them by far. So if everyone is saying it, that's what I'm saying. It is your United bias because I am an Arsenal fan, but I'm not using my bias for this. I'm just looking at the numbers, what the facts say, what the peers say, and what the accolades say. And for the Premier League themselves, the first two people they put in their Hall of Fame, Thierry Daniel Henry, Alan Shearer, Giggs, and Skulls were not there for a reason. That is the Premier League themselves saying, these two are the biggest players that have ever played in our league. The record goal scorer and the man that has all the accomplishments that no one in, your, in our league has still ever done across Europe. Like I said, he didn't just lead England in goals when he would lead the Premier League in goals. All of Europe, he didn't just score 20 assists in a season. He did everything. There was nothing that he couldn't do to help his team win. And he was asked to help his team win. Ryan Giggs was there to do a job. Skulls was there to do a job, just like Wayne Rooney was there to do a job. We know that. There's nothing wrong with being a sidekick or a role player or a very key player, but you were never the man. None of them were ever the man. That's why it's disrespectful. <laughs> I hear you, man. Like I said, I, I'll... I'll... I'll hold to that they were integral pieces, very 
you're right. You're right. They weren't the man per se. I give you that. I will also argue that they wouldn't have gotten where they, the, the, the pinnacle that they went to without those guys in the team, without the way that those gentlemen played in that team, in that system. Um, I mean, you're right. Say to yourself, it's a system. That team, Alex Ferguson could get anybody he wanted. Those guys were a machine. Yeah, those two were constants because they were good boys that behaved. They weren't rebellious like Keane, like Beckham, like Cantona. They were yes, sir, boys. They did the job. Not disrespecting them as men, but I'm saying, hey, some guys are, like I said, they're good role players, but they were never superstars that changed things. Yeah, I hear you on that. I mean, but you know, I like I said, I'm 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 giving them my top three. Definitely my top three. So I'm still not I'm still not gonna concede that he was the best player ever. Um I know you're a biased United fan. <laughs> hey, you know what? It might be that. It's not it might, might. it's obvious, and the world will hear this and they will know because like I said. I am an Arsenal fan. I'm not disputing that my bias might play a fact into it, but my point is the reason, one of the reasons why I was an Arsenal fan was because when I was a kid, I never saw anybody play like Thierry Henry. He changed the way the game was played. You can literally look in the 1990s and look at how strikers used to play before Thierry Henry, before Romario, before George Weah, Ronaldo and those guys and how they played after. Thierry Henry is the beginning of this. If you really, he's kind of one of the first false nines because he wasn't a pure number nine. Like I said, he drifted to the left. He would lead the Premier League in goals. He was not the traditional number nine because he's originally a winger. So he literally changed the way the game was played in England and the league and all of Europe eventually because of course, Pep Guardiola deserves the credit for bringing total football and changing the way the world plays. But if you look at Arsenal in the 2000s, the nine, from 98 to 2004, look at how they play. It's the same thing. Even Messi, when he saw Thierry Henry at Barcelona, he said, oh my God, it's that boy. It's the man. It's him. That's what people say about him because he literally changed the way the game was played. Hello? Yeah, 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 you know I'm here, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I also, give you did, I also did some research when I was looking up uh, how United people feel about Wayne Rooney. And, you know, the big newspaper out in Manchester, the Manchester Evening News last year, put out their list of the top, uh, I believe, 50 United players, and I'm going to give you their top 10. Number 10, Roy King. Number nine, Cristiano. Eight, Wayne Rooney. Seven, Cantona. Six, Duncan Edwards. Five, Scholes. Four, Dennis Law. Three, Bobby Charlton. Two, who really is number one, George Best, because of, like I said, I prefer peak performance. 
And number one, the man who just didn't want to retire, Ryan Giggs. <laughs> and 90 Minutes did a list uh, from 2020, and this is their top 10. 10, Cristiano. 9, Brian Robson. 8, Roy King. 7, Rooney. 6, Skulls. 5, Cantona. 4, Dennis Law. 3, George Best. 2, Ryan Giggs. And 1, Bobby Charlton. So even reputable sources don't even believe your boy Rooney's even a top five United player, let alone top five Premier League. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't argue with that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I've, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I've only followed United basically since Rooney was been, been there. So I do have a little bias towards him, so no doubt about it. And uh, so, you know, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll concede that he wasn't better than uh, than uh, Thierry Henry for sure. No doubt about it. Hey, man, the Premier League said skulls and gigs ain't even better than him either. So I'm going to listen to the Premier to the Premier League when they put together their own Hall of Fame and their first two inductees are Henri and Sheer. That was on purpose. Yeah. I mean, we can't deny what Shearer did. I mean, so that was exactly also... you have the leading, like I said, it's the the record leading goal scorer and then the best player. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's how they set it up. And then the, they had six more inductees, and that's when they let in uh your boy, your boys. Uh let me double check. They had the first two was skulls. I said skulls was Shearer and Henri. And then the others were Cantona, Roy Keane, Lampard, Dennis Bergkamp, Ryan Giggs. Sorry, no, he's not there. Oh, so the Premier League, he's not even in their inaugural class. Sorry, let me read that again. Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Eric Cantona, Roy Keane, Frank Lampard, Dennis Bergkamp, Steven Gerrard, and hey, like I said, David Beckham. At his peak, he's better than them. Oh, so... Wow, even the Premier League, they don't have skulls and gigs in their inaugural Hall of Fame class. This is the Hall, the Premier League saying, basically, this is our top eight players in league history. And wow, your boys, skulls, gigs, Rooney, they're not there, huh? I mean, not much I can say about that. That's what they said, I guess. I, yeah, because you know. it's the truth, man. And like I said, Beckham at his peak was more influential than both of them. You, the reason why he left is because he had a personality that Ferguson didn't like, and he had a vision to dream for more. He went to Real Madrid. Roy Keane, the definitive defensive midfielder of the Premier League, he had problems. We know what happened. He left. Cantona, the person that changed Manchester United to bring that free-flowing attack in football, the continental style of play. We know he retired young. Those are the three definitive United players for me. I agree with their selection, not no Skulls, Giggs, and Rooney. Well, I will disagree with at least Skulls and Giggs, but I give you Rooney, but I'll, I'll disagree with the other ones. Hey, man. Let's see. 
for the requirements to get into the Premier League Hall of Fame, you have to at least have 200 Premier League appearances for one club, selected to any team of the decade or 20th anniversary team, win a golden boot or a golden glove, been voted as Premier League player of the season, won three Premier League titles, scored 100 goals, or goalkeepers have at least 100 clean sheets. You know who they broke the rule for, though? The first two. <laughs> Alan Shear only won the Premier League once. Thierry Henry only won the Premier League twice. But you know why they got in? Because they were the ones. They had to set the tone. You know, and like I said, that you can't not do something like put Alan Shearer in there or, and like, and I give you Thierry Henry for sure. He definitely was a game changer. He did something totally different. Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Um, I can't recall the uh, gentleman from Tottenham that went to Monaco. Uh, I, I was watching some YouTube videos. Oh, G- uh, David Ginola. No, maybe I don't. I don't know. But 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 anyway, Arsene Wenger was at, was at, was at Monaco before he came to uh, to Arsenal, and and you know how he revolutionized basically the number ten role, and you know obviously he's going to bring that to the Premier League, and look what he also gets him when he comes to the Premier League. He gets Thierry Henry, and Thierry Henry is a, that like you said that different type of player, and he learned he figured out what to do with Thierry Henry to make him work and make it work for that system. And it worked. And you guys went undefeated uh, one season. And um, like you said, he won the Premier League twice. Uh, the only thing that he wasn't able to do was win the Champions League. At the same time, you can't deny what he brought and what he was. I, I can't deny that. I'm not going to argue that uh, at all. So, um, yeah, Terry Henry, yeah, I, I'll, I'll concede. Yeah, he's definitely, if you have a top, Two, three, four, five. He's number one. There's no way in the world he's not in it. He's so, number one. You're saying goal. You're basically saying Giggs and Skulls are in the conversation because they played a long time for very good teams, but they were never the definitive reason why a team was good. They were a part of the machine. They're basically like the uh how I would look at them, Skulls and Giggs. They're like a uh, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili types. Very good role players, Hall of Fame players, but they weren't the stir that stir. Uh, they weren't the straw that stirred the drink, if you will. They were never that, and neither was Wayne Rooney. They were just a great part of a machine, but they were never the reason why the machine ran. There's a reason why my brother Thierry Henry said, "Hey, we va va voom." He was the engine. Hello? I hear you, man. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want me to say? I, 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 I hear you. I, hear I need you. you to cut out this charade, man, and just admit Thierry Daniel Henry is the king of the Premier League, and it's not close. He's my top three. He's the number one. He, Like I said, he's done things no one has ever done still 10 years after leaving. He really only played eight full seasons because, like I said, the 2012 was a little long just for fitness. In seven seasons, he did things that people still haven't done. When 
uh, Kevin De Bruyne was threatening to break uh, Henri's record for most assists in his season. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. He's a striker, but he has the record for most Premier League assists in a season. When he did that, he also scored 24 goals. When De Bruyne was going for that, he didn't score that. And he was like, damn, how did he do that? Because I'm having a hard time just getting the assists. And he had to do that while scoring 24 goals. The only person to have more than 25 goals, I believe, in four Premier League seasons. It's not even fair what he did. And you're trying to say, other guys, you can't even bring me facts and numbers. You're just saying, hey, hey, man, they played for a long time, man. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, I just I want you to admit the truth, man. The truth will set you free. And we're all biased as human beings, but we can't lie to ourselves. That's how... We block ourselves from progress. Top three. Oh, man. Some people, I mean, what, what can I expect? He supports the devil for sake. So, yeah, you're right. I'll give you that. Lucifer fan says top three. We'll rock with it. That's the best we can get with these guys. Yeah, you also got to remember that Arsenal is a big rivalry of uh, Manchester United too. So to concede and say that he's the best player in the Premier League would be blasphemous as a United fan. It's not so, blasphemous. It's telling it the is, truth. It the is. same, the same reason. Say, it's almost like, hold on, real quick. It's almost like saying, conceding that the Dallas Cowboys are ever better than the Washington football team. But they I are. That's that. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you can. I can't say it though. You can, though. Right? You That's what I'm saying. Lying say to yourself so, blocks you from growing. So Dan, what I will give you is this. I'll give you this. I can't say that Terry Henry is the best player in the Premier League of history. He could be, but I just he can't is. say it. I just can't say it. That's all. I know, but your boy, Alex Ferguson, he didn't have a problem saying, hey, I won the league 13 times. I won two Champions Leagues. I won a trouble, but none of that matches up to being undefeated. See, when you're comfortable in your skin, you can admit things. You don't have to lie to yourself. The man himself is saying these things. Like I said, Keane and Skulls, they're not player haters. They said, yeah, Henri is that boy. But you don't want to say it because you're a hater, man. It's okay. You weren't, you weren't on the team. They were on the team, and they say he's the man. You're not on the team. And like you said, you just pulled up in 04, so you didn't even see a lot of that stuff. Correct. And I did actually say he was the man, in a way. No, number one is the man. That's what I mean. Not the man like, oh, you're one of the top one. No, the man is number one. To be the man, you got to beat the man, and he's the man you have to beat. That that undefeated season, yeah, there's no doubt about it. That that that's you know, you can't you can't say anything wrong about that. Obviously, that that's unreal, especially in the league like the Premier League. So. Yeah, that, that was something else. All right. So after I body racked you, let's, let's talk about another smoking. Let's talk about you guys getting Thrax 4-1. How do you feel about that? 
Yes, I give you that. You body rock me on this one. Um, I mean, can you believe? Hey, did you did you see that stat? That that one stat that said in the last what 15, 10, 15 minutes, Manchester City had the ball for ninety two percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. What? Manchester United had 16 passes. I, I ended up watching the second half of the game again just to see, just to just to rewatch, just to make sure I was seeing everything like everybody was saying. All oh, the players talking about, you know, how they think they gave up and people giving excuses about why they, they, they think they played the way they did in the second half. And and I'm just looking at it again. And I'm like, yeah, I think I think it's a combination of both. I think, yeah. Pep Guardiola, there was a moment that you say you don't watch with the the sound on, but there's a moment where they were saying Pep Guardiola was screaming and yelling at the, on the field at, at his players, and and it was probably to adjust how they were how they were getting pressed, and and it seemed to work. Whatever whatever he was screaming and yelling about seemed to work, and, and yeah. it seemed like that was you know part and parcel to how the rest of the game ended up playing out, and. You know, everybody keeps saying, uh, everybody keeps talking about this 25-minute spell and when United looked like they were really in the game. And I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that was really <laughs> ever it. I think it was one good counterattack. Jaden Sancho did his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I told you, like I text you, like he's dangerous. He can be dangerous. Yeah, he's very, he's a counterattack player right now. I mean, from how, United, you, from how you guys use him, he's very dangerous at that. That was, you know, the strength of Rashford, Cristiano. That's why. I thought you guys would have a chance because counterattacking works well against them, but yeah, it didn't happen that way. But the problem, like you said, it does work against them because the teams that, but the teams that do it well have a structure that they stick with. And, and yeah, sometimes they ended up getting scored on a couple of times. Look at the Tottenham game. It was a great game, obviously, but three, two. And at the same time, Tottenham stuck to a structure. And they got their counterattack on and they scored three goals to be able to take that win. Crystal Palace, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason, usually plays them very well, in, even at the Etihad. <laughs> and so, and they, and they play a structure, they get a counterattack, and they get in there. United, this time, for whatever reason, they looked like they were going to stick to a structure. It looked like they were going to press them pretty well. They had a, they had a decent amount of possession. In the first half, there was a moment where it did look like United was was going to be able to stay in that game, but for whatever reason, it all fell apart. And yeah, that, that, that's just a whole different issue, though. Like they they just have a whole bunch of other stuff going on too. So, do you believe uh, Ragnick's uh, statement about Cristiano having the hip flexor and then Roy Keane and the boys saying, "We don't believe you, boy. You need more people." Man, every everybody, everybody's questioning that one. So yeah, I saw even sorry real quick. I even saw Cristiano's sister like something on Instagram about his, uh, you know, his absence from the match being fishy. So there's something's there. Yeah, it, it's 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 a funky locker room. It seems right now, and you know, there, there's, you know. We mean, we and you mentioned this before. We had a conversation. We talked about leadership, and there's no, there's no direction. There's no, you know, why would you listen to somebody that's going to be gone in, in a couple months? You know, why are you going to buy into that if you know for a fact 
he is not going to, his vision is not going to be the vision that you are going to be uh, uh, pursuing uh, in the next season coming up. It's not, it's not his vision. You, so why would you buy into that? And somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo, who has been there, done it everywhere for the most part, you're going to think he's going to buy into that? Come on now. Paul Pogba, he's not even under contract after this season. He's done after, after the season. So why would he buy in necessarily? You know, you want to keep him. There's rumors of him maybe waffling back and forth about staying. At the same time, why would he want to stay, though? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 they need to have a direction, and they don't have one. And I don't necessarily blame some of the people for for, for kind of questioning where it's going. Marcus Rashford's a little funny. There's some rumors coming out right now about him. That's a little funny, a little bit because he hasn't been really informed necessarily. And so I don't know, man. It, it's just a mess. It seems like right now. It's interesting. I mean. You brought up the point about why would they listen to Ragnick when they know he's only there for the short term. But, you know, as an outsider looking in, I would think, hey, you still have a chance to get the Champions League. Aren't you guys still in the FA Cup as well? And yet, right? No. Oh, you guys lost? lost? Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. they just beat uh they just beat somebody too. Uh, yeah, Tottenham, yeah, I think they beat uh I forgot Liverpool. No, not Liverpool. Tottenham, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Tottenham. <laughs> so look at that. I mean, Tottenham are herbs. We know that. Are you, wow, you're saying you guys are that level now, bums? Is that what you guys are? The mighty Man United are now Tottenham level in life. Manchester United is. They don't deserve, yeah, to be called one of the tops in, in the Premier League right now. They don't. Oh, and the, the only saving grace that we have going on is the Champions League. And we already know if we are able to pull something out against Atletico Madrid next week, then <laughs> that that's possibly it. And, that you know, so... And that's if we pull that out. I mean, if you guys don't get the result, you still can play for top four for next season. I'm just confused because I forgot who brought this up. I wish I could give them credit. It might have been Thierry Henry who said, eventually, every time you guys have a different coach is always a problem. With Moyes, you don't like this. With Van Hall, you don't like that. With Mourinho, you don't like this. Ole comes and wants to be your friend. You don't want that. Ragnick comes. Oh, we don't want to work this hard. It's like, you guys have a sucker mentality of players. Like, they're like losers. Like, no one wants to work hard. Everybody wants something given to them. Like you said, Rashford has a poor spell. Alanga's rising. And now there's rumors he wants to run away. Like, that is just weirdo stuff. It's like, it's kind of how I felt about a time with Arsenal where I just felt like, hey, man, let's just blow this up and start all over. Because all of these players, I don't care how good they are, they're mentally not able to carry the burden of trying to be a top-level player at a club with expectations. If you only think that it should be smooth sailing and you get to play whatever you want, 
because you're so-and-so. That's not how it works. This is a team sport. And Cristiano Ronaldo, to, for me, he's a top five player of all time. He's not the GOAT for me, but I just wish he was a better leader of men and he could back a coach and say, hey, guys, is he the coach we wanted? Maybe not, but we still have aspirations of the Champions League. We can still do something. We don't have to be sad and down and in our heads all the time. There's rumors of him looking for the front door also. So it's just unfortunate that there seems to be a lot of weak-minded players at the club and it's kind of deteriorating everything. Yeah, the, the like I said, we've talked about it before, man. It, it's, 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 has, it's at the top, man. It, the structure of the club is, is, is not ideal. It's not where it needs to be. And you know, you look at the ones that are run very well, and and they have a philosophy. They have a, you know, they buy into the manager or the sport, you know, the not sport director, excuse me, the you know the the uh, football director. Um, you know, they buy into whatever that philosophy is, and they stick with it, and they go and and it's been successful. You know, you look looking. You know, we're being, you know, we're obviously being a little, you know, using a little microscope here talking about the Premier League, but, you know, looking at the Premier League and the top two clubs right now, as we speak, even looking at Chelsea, you know, there's a structure, even though they've gone through a lot of managers. <laughs> we talk, we, we've mentioned this before that they've, they, for whatever reason, because of the structure that they have, they've been able to have success <laughs> with that. They just lost a penalty shootout with Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final. You know, so that was another trophy they could have won. Like you said, going out for their boy, Roman Abramovich. So. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, for example, the contrast of you guys is Chelsea. You look at how they won the Champions League with no striker. They don't have any divas on their team at the time. You know, they signed a world-class striker and Romelu, Romelu Lukaku. He hasn't been playing the best. He has an interview with Sky Italia. He says, hey, I miss Inter. I'd like to come one day. Whoop-de-whoop. He gets scolded by the fans, Tuchel. But, hey, he's still back in the team. He doesn't start anymore, though, you notice. He still leads their team in goals, but he is the only, I guess you could say, quote unquote, egotistical player on their team. You guys have too many, and a lot of them haven't accomplished much. The only people that I feel like should have an ego on that team to even say anything is Cristiano, of course. Pogba, I'll give it to you for, you know, your accomplishments with France, but with United, come on, bro. You haven't been the man everybody thought you would be. Hey, you started this season well. You had four assists in one game. You got hurt. Unfortunately, you're working your way back. We understand that. Varane, he hasn't been the best. He's still adapting. And I never thought he was a number one center back, but it is what it is. And I just don't understand. Like even Martial, before he went on loan to, was it Sevilla, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like before he left, there was reports of what him, Lingard, Mata, they're upset. And hey, I would understand that they're good players and 
when teams are struggling, hey, switch it up, give me a chance, coach. But it just seems like there's a too many people talking to the media, too many people trying to leak link leak sorry information, and there's not enough people trying to come together to play for the team, and that's the problem. And now I see why you're pumping up skulls and gigs so much because they weren't these type of guys. They were, hey, whatever it takes to help the team win, I'll do it. I give you some of that for sure. And, and, and to go back to what you were saying about egos and stuff, I mean, you got to, yeah, you're right, man. It's, it's like, and it's also not about egos. I, I give you that. It's egos for sure. At the same time, it's also not about egos because you look at players that have come here or come to United, I should say, and they've been hampered somehow. They've declined. And then they go somewhere else. Look at people, <laughs> Memphis Depay. <laughs> look at uh, Angel De Maria. Look at, um, um, who else could I name that, that left and, and for whatever reason became a lot better. Yeah. Not a lot better necessarily, but found their form again when they left United. Whatever, you know, look at look at Juan Mata. But when he when he before he came to United, he was a two-time Chelsea player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, he comes to United and they put him. Somebody mentioned this. I'll I'll give credit where credit's due. Somebody mentioned this on the podcast I was watching uh earlier this week. Uh and they and they said that that uh you know he comes to United and he plays on the wing. And he's like, Yeah, you know what? Wait, wait a minute, he was a number 10. He was a number 10 at, at Chelsea. Yeah. And he comes to United and they put him on the left wing. Not saying he didn't do okay. There were times when he did okay over there. Yeah, he would be solid on the wing, at but I mean, the same time, right? And at the same time, Dan, he was a number ten doing his thing at Chelsea. So you look at players like Di Maria when he came for whatever reason that Louis Van Gaal uh, system it, it didn't do it didn't do his his skill set well. And and obviously there was some other reasons too. He got his house got broken into. There were was fucking understand chances, that even though uh, he had he was creating chances. I'll say sorry to cut you off, but real quick that season, yeah, you're right. He didn't have the best goal production. He only had I believe three goals in the league, but I believe wasn't it in all comps? He had like ten or maybe in the Premier League, he had like ten or something assists. So it's like he was still contributing, but. If you guys thought Di Maria was going to lead your team in goals, then you never watched him play. And that's definitely a fair point. He was definitely, yeah, he shouldn't have been that. I think they were expecting something else out of him. And I think we tend to do that sometimes with certain positions. When some, when like when one player kind of thrives at it, you kind of look at it like, oh, wow, why can't somebody else do the same thing they did? And so, yeah, Di Maria was never going to be that guy to score you know, 20-something goals a season, I don't think, not in the Premier League at least. And, and um, but for whatever reason, he, he he's never got settled anyway. Like I said, his house got broken into and it, it, it unsettled, it didn't settle his family down necessarily in Manchester. So he, he it, so I, that's understandable in it, to an extent. But there are players that have come to United and then either come to United, their skill set has been kind of, you know, brought down some they 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 declined some and then they've gone somewhere else and they've they've brought back up their form i mentioned mentioned to pay you know look he's he's at barcelona now i'm not you know um he left there and went to where uh, uh he went to leon uh, when he left yeah and he and played he was, very well leon i mean thing. i'm yeah, sure yeah. i'm sure you remember when they got back in the netherlands squad they, yeah sorry yeah, and remember when leon beat city in the mm -hmm. champions league he was one of the standout players so, I mean, 
you know, you look at that, and, and like I said, there's something bigger than, yes, there's egos that are problems in the United dressing room. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. At the same time, there's also a, there's also a culture problem, you know, and I, and, and, and real quick, and I'll try to keep this really fast. I, I equate United, what they're going through and how they try to patch, you know, their problems up with, with band-aids to like, you know, going back to American football. I'm a supporter of, unfortunately, the Washington football team, the commanders now. And looking at how they've done things over the years, and that's exactly what they've done. You know, instead of you know trying to rebuild in, in a in a in a way to make sure the team's successful throughout the years, you, you try to buy all these big players and bring all these big players in, and it doesn't do the culture. There's no culture there, though. So that even bringing those big players in does absolutely nothing but make you revenue. That's really all it does, you know. Um, and so. You know, and then you get jealous of the the little brother, Manchester City, and in in Washington's case, even though they're not rivals, uh, you look at Baltimore Ravens and how successful they've been in such a short time in yeah. Baltimore, right? And and in my cousin, one of my cousins and I, we always talk about how kind of jealous we are of Baltimore and how successful they've been in the little bit of time they've been in Baltimore versus what Dan Snyder's done to the, the 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 culture of the Washington football team. Yeah. And then I look at United and, and people can, can look at that and say, hey, well, look at what the Glazers have done since they've been there and kind of buying name, buying big big players just to just, just to make a splash and make revenue. And where's the you know where's the end result though? Yeah, well your boy Woodward is finally dipping. I mean, let's see what happens. But before we close out, uh our two teams are fighting for the last spot in the Champions League. Right now, Arsenal has a one-point lead with three games in hand. As an Arsenal fan, I've been very skeptical of Mikel Arteta. I still am, to be honest. But he has changed the way the team plays. We're playing free-flowing, attacking football again. Arsene Wenger is somewhere smiling. His philosophy that he gave us is still at the club. We look like we have a good chance to make it because we are in the lead with one point lead, by the way, with three games in hand. West Ham has 45 points, 28 matches. Tottenham has 45 points, 26 matches played. So uh, Tottenham has two games in hand. I think it's going to be a stumble for fourth place, but hey, who cares? I'll take, we all would take the Champions League spot in A. I'm finally back in Arsenal. The goals that we scored, I know it's Watford, they're getting relegated. It wasn't just the opponent, but it was the type of goals we were scoring again, and it was the persistence I like to see in attack. The aggression, the press is getting better. My countryman, Thomas Partey, just one player of the month for February for Arsenal. He is finally becoming the man that we bought when we signed him from Atletico Madrid, the all-action midfielder who can contribute and pass in box-to-box, help you in defense. All he has to do is give us a little more goals, but he's finally becoming the man that we've signed. Uh, you know, the children, <laughs> it's funny calling them children. They they adults, man, but Saka, Martinelli, they're balling. Odegaard, I was skeptical of him because I saw him on loan last year. He did well, 
but I just felt like, man, this is a big investment. But hey, he's showing himself to be that creative player that we haven't had since Ozil was blackballed by the club. Not even, yeah, yeah, he was. I don't, I want to say something more, but maybe another day because. Hey, I was I didn't want Ozil at the team for a certain point, but the way they did him wasn't cool. But I like what we're building up. You know, the fullbacks, Tamiyasu's hurt. We need him back. Uh, but I like what the team is doing. Two of the three games in hand, one of them is against Liverpool, one's against Chelsea. So, I mean, I don't know what the other game in hand, I forgot who it's against. But, hey... Let's roll with it. Arsenal, fourth place, I finally believe. How do you feel about United's chances, E? Can we just not talk about United for this one? I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about your team and right. say that I'm serious. And to say that I think you guys, at the end of the day, to me, and it's thanks to say this as a United fan, because conceding something to Arsenal obviously is a big deal. And so to say that you guys are looking good. The only downside with you guys, I, I think, is your, de- your defense may be a little leaky sometimes. I mean, I, you know, it was, you know, you guys go- scored three great goals against, you know, Watford, you know, pulled that one out. At the same time, you gave up two of them um, to a team that's, you know, 19th, what, 19th in the Premier League right now. Um, and so, uh, but I think that you guys maybe have the best chance. Um, uh, Tottenham, to me, um, they're just so scary. Is you know they kind of remind me of United. Some sometimes they're up for your, for certain games. Sometimes they're not. You know they they lost to uh, uh, Middlesbrough as well in the FA Cup. You know I know that's a little different. That's but people are playing big big names now in the FA Cup game. So uh, they they've you know I think the TV deals have made. The FA Cup a little more uh, profitable and, and lucrative to these teams. And so they're playing bigger ne- uh, names. And so the FA Cup means a lot more than it used to. Uh, I know it was a big deal back in the day and it kind of dwindled for a little bit, but I think it's a bigger deal now, honestly. I really do. Man, so, you know, I think sorry to place, cut you off, but you're good. It, you I know how it goes. Quick. It's like yeah. the the more you the the early rounds of that fake cup, yeah, the the kids play, but the more you advance, yeah, the big guys show up. Yeah, and 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 so, but I think that I honestly think you guys have the best chance of, of taking fourth place. United, the egos to me are just going to get in the way. You know, the only chance we got is is to me. And this is my opinion, obviously, is the, is the uh, Champions League. And I don't see much hope in that one because we still have to get past this next leg next week. So uh, and we'll see. And we, we don't know how that's going to go. Um, you know, so. It, it, it I don't see United being the one that's going to take the fourth place. I'll be pleasantly surprised. You know, obviously, I'll be I'll have you happy, but I'll be surprised if we do. Um, I, I think Arsenal, the way you guys are looking, the, the form you guys are taking, the structure you guys have, you guys seem like you have a system that you that you're buying into now. The young players are playing hard. Uh, like we've talked about your your young attacking players, and they look great. I like them a lot. Um, Martinelli, especially. Um, um, if if Saka can stay healthy, you know he's dangerous, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I think you guys objectively 
uh, have a really good chance of taking that fourth spot. Uh, thanks. You didn't want to admit Henri's the GOAT, but you admitted that we have a good chance at the Champions League. I'll take that. <laughs> One thing so that gonna, makes... So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to admit this. Terry Henry, the greatest Premier League player to ever play in the history. Wow. Thank you. That's all I wanted. I just wanted you to be honest. Thank you. I really appreciate that sincerely, my friend. And I just have to say that I'm nervous that Harry Kane is waking up, bro, because we saw what he did against City. He had a brace against Everton. They won 5-0. I'm getting nervous because we all know he wanted to go to Man City. Didn't work out. He has been in a funk the majority of the season, but I think he's waking up and it's at the wrong time for us Arsenal fans because when that guy is on form, he's the best player in the league. So I'm nervous that he's waking up. So we'll see how it goes. But when is your uh, next Champions League match? Is it next week or to not tomorrow, right? Y'all don't play tomorrow. It's next week, right? Correct. Yeah, it's next week. Um, I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Thursday, Tuesday or Wednesday, but it's definitely next week. Uh, we had a, I want to say because of those COVID games um, that got canceled, they kind of threw that schedule off. But we, yeah, we don't play the Champions League until the 15th. Yeah, I see it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you guys are at home. So, I mean, that is a game you should win. On paper, you would think yeah. so. Um Jao Felix is waking up too now. I saw him play this weekend and he's looking good too. So, and yeah, Jao Felix is, is dangerous as well. I, I, I like his game a lot. Um, I thought he was going to show up a little bit more in the game against United back at the uh, uh, Wanda Metropolitan. I'm going to say that wrong. I'm not even going to try to say it. Hey, let's just call it the Wanda, man. The Wanda. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so. It, I, I thought it was gonna be more dangerous. Yeah, he, he scored that that goal, great header. Obviously, it was, yeah. it was a wonderful, wonderful pass and a wonderful goal. Um, at the same time, you know, you still gotta be look out for him. Obviously, you know, he's you know uh, a wonderful player. Obviously, for obvious yeah, reasons, and, and they're a dangerous team. So, you know, they'll concede some possession to us, and uh, you know, we may have you know majority of the ball, uh, but. You know they got they they got to find some leadership and they got to get over those egos, man. Uh, yeah. There's got to be some kind of reckoning in that locker room, somehow, some way. You know maybe they got to yell at each, scream at each other, whatever. I don't know, but uh, something has to something has to give, and it's not doing them very good right now. They're they're, they're struggling because of whatever internal cancers are, are are going on in that locker room. So yeah, man, and. It's unfortunate that the biggest ego is Cristiano because he is the man that, of course, he would have the attention of everyone. He's one of the greatest players ever. He's won almost everything. And if you look at his career, anybody can see that he, yes, he was physically gifted, but he also was the hardest worker out there. And I wish there was a way that he could instill this type of ethic work ethic into the team because if you guys play for each other and together 
you guys are a dangerous team. You guys are more talented than us easily, more talented than West Ham easily, more talented than Tottenham easily. But it's just those other teams play more as a team. And like you said, it's true. West Ham under David Moyes, they know what they're doing. They know how to get their results. Conte, hey, he came in the middle of the season. They struggled, but he knows what he's doing and he can command the respect of the team because he's not like Ragnick that is just coming for an interim job. And to be fair, Conte has shown that he's a world-class manager. Ragnick has never showed that. He has tactics that have inspired world-class managers, but he himself is not one. So you don't, you can't get the same respect from players when say you can say, oh yeah, Klopp. I when Klopp played against my team back in the days, he changed his whole tactics. So all right, but you're not Klopp, you know. Like hey, Toku is one of my biggest fans. Yeah, but hey, buddy, you didn't win the Champions League. He did, so that's tough too. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But like you said about Arsenal, you're right. Our defense is leaky. You know, I love our center back duo of Gabriel and Benjamin White. You know, he doesn't want to be called Ben, so I respect him. But I've, I worry that because we let uh, someone like Pablo Mari go, that we're overplaying them too much. And I hope that doesn't come back to bite us, you know. The ghost of Rob Holden is still around, but I don't know if that's enough. So we'll see how it goes, man. But, hey, this was a lot of fun. Me and E, this is the first of many other things we're working on. This is not going to be the end of this duo. So just know and be on the lookout. But, hey, thanks for coming on, E. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did, too. I did, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me be a part of your universe. Um, at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, you got me on this one. Um, I wasn't as prepared, use more emotion and um, bias in this argument for sure. There's no doubt about it. So, oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Thierry Henry is definitely the uh, he's a game changer. So it's hard to it's hard to if you can't recognize it, if you recognize it in other sports and say if you're a game changer, you're one of the best that ever do it in that league. Thierry Henry is definitely one of those. So I give him that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And hey, man. Next time we can do another debate. I don't know. I mean, we not see, and that's the thing I like about these debates because, hey, you're man enough to say, hey, I had one point of view and you were, and I was able to change your mind. So, hey, I appreciate that. This isn't going to be first take where, hey, Ephraim feels one way. I feel, I have to feel another way because it makes more entertainment. You see, hey, we talked to each other. We didn't have to yell at each other. We didn't have to raise our voice. I got a little hot a few a few times. I felt my heart rate pumping because I was, oh, man, it's just sometimes I get too passionate about the game because I love the game. And, of course, I am biased. I'm an Arsenal fan. And Thierry Daniel Henry is one of the main reasons I'm an Arsenal fan because growing up as a kid, a Black kid, in Virginia, we used to watch Bundesliga and Serie A on tape delay. I never used to see the black players get to play as strikers like that. It was always the white guys that were the number tens, the Zidans. You know, I would always see Edgar Davids doing the hard work behind them. In the Bundesliga, is the same thing. 
I'd see all these great strikers. Shout out Tony Eboy. That was a little before my time. He was a Ghanaian striker leading the Bundesliga in goals, came to Leeds in the Premier League, had a great record. He's like a, if you're a real Premier League, a Bundesliga fan, you know Tony Eboy is a real Don, but I never got to see anybody play like Henri that was a Black man until I saw him, and that just, you know, blew my mind. That's what made me an Arsenal fan. Not just him, of course. We had Canoe, uh, Will Tord, uh, Vieira, all these guys. I never got to see Black players have that freedom to be the engines to team. So that's why he was just important to me. It wasn't just that statistically, accolades-wise, he was the best. It was also that I never got to see a brother play like that. And that's why it hurts my heart that he never won the Ballon d'Or when he should have, man. They're giving it to Shevchenko. They're giving it to Nedved. Come on, man. It, that's sad. But that's another debate for another day, man. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a good one to have, like, the best to, to, to never win uh, Balloon Door. So I think that'd be a great one to have. For sure. And, hey, before we go, I know you have to say Cristiano is better than Messi, right? But do you really feel that way? <sighs> uh, I don't know, man. That's hard, honestly. You know, it is, it is. Part of me wants to say, yeah, because he played for United and he came back. At the same time, man, I don't know. The things Messi did, man, I, I, he he did so much more. He didn't have – and it's hard sometimes to separate the man from the ego, you sure. know. And let's be honest, Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo excuse me, has a, has a heck of more of an ego than uh, Messi does for the most part. So – you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to separate that, but, you know, it, I don't know, man. One A, one B. It, it's hard to separate those two for, for real. It really is. Hey, before we go, I just got to say this. One of my buddies, Claytis, and shout out to the Act Like You Know podcast. Check them out. AKT Like You Know podcast. And Claytis says that people like Messi more because he doesn't speak English. So we don't know how much of an asshole he really is or isn't. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's, hey, you know what? We may not, you know, at the same time, I think even Spanish papers would have would have given, given something over the years. But you know what? I, I won't argue with anybody that says Messi's better than Ronaldo. I won't, you know, I will not. So... Well. That was an idea for a potential debate, but hey, Ephraim also saw the truth over there. So we'll end it right there, man. Thanks for coming again, E. And this is the last damn podcast. You got something to say, E? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you. Thanks oh, a man. Lot. No problem. And thank everybody for listening. Like, subscribe, give me five stars. If you give me four stars or below, you're a player hater. Leave comments about who you think the GOAT is. Let us know what you think about the top four race. Let us know about the Messi and Cristiano debate and what else you want us to do. So thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.